ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Ontario, Ohio. I'm Pastor Dave Davenport. Today we're studying in the book of Luke, and we're in chapter 15. We trust you'll have your Bible open, and stay with us for the next several minutes as we go to the Word. He says in verse 8, he says, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that I had lost. Now, there has been some suggestion that this is a coin that is part of a necklace and it has some wedding connections or something. Some maybe her betrothed gave it to her. There's very little evidence that that is what this is about. Actually, the pieces of silver are called drachmas, so they're not very expensive. They're only like 14 or 15 cents worth of silver. But together, taken as a whole, they become more meaningful, worth more. I don't know how that works, but that's what I've read. And ultimately, a denarius is 18 cents, and this is like 15 cents, so they're really close. The word means a handful, a coin that's a handful. To get in perspective, the 18 cents denarius is what those laborers were going to be paid for working all day. It was a day's salary, okay? So it's like one day's pay. So one of these is worth quite a bit. But altogether, it was worth a lot. If it's almost a day's salary, what you have here is a woman who's over her home. Now, first of all, know this. Which one of you know a man who has 100 sheep? He says, and what about a woman who this? Because he's identifying with men, women. He, he's reaching to the ladies right now. You would appreciate this. As a lady, if you were one of these ladies, you were the one who ran the home. You were the one. You were home. The Bible says I would that women be keepers at home, literally guardians of the house. You recall over in, in Proverbs 31, the Bible says she looks well to the ways of her household. So this is a big deal. And so she is being drawn into the conversation more. Nobody's left out. God loves us all. He wants us all to be saved. He wants none of us to be lost. And so he puts it in a place where the ladies could hear the same parable and series of parables. So we have a lost sheep. Now we have a lost coin. And this lost coin was something that would have been really tragic for her to have lost that much money, which she would feed her family with, clothe her family with. This mattered. This was her stewardship. And she lost it. Now listen, you and I have a stewardship, and when you and I fumble the ball, it ought to bother us. And if you think in terms of how Israel is the wife of God, Jesus is going to have the church as the bride of Christ, there's this, this picture of she. He found her in her blood as a baby, and he cleaned her up, and he brought her up. She became beautiful. All the nations were really turning their eyes toward her because God made her beautiful. See, my point is, a woman, he's talking to these, again, Leaders, religious leaders. Think about that. The religious leaders understand that this woman had a stewardship. She's lost part of it. And if she doesn't find it, she would be called to account on it. And he says, no, but she goes and she, she sweeps the whole house diligently. Uh, the word diligently is a very interesting word. It has the idea of carefully. It has the idea of minutely. It's like a fine-tooth comb. We've all been there where we've lost something. It's like, you can't replace this. If a guy's working in the shop, you drop something in the shop floor, forget about it. The shop floor. Uh, but if you, drop the, if you drop the washer or something into the uh, sawdust, right? You're like, what? You know what I'm saying? It's hard. You've got to go really, really inch by inch to find that thing you dropped and you lost. And that's what she's doing. 
And it says, and when she finds it, she calls her friends. And again, the same thing is said with a little different twist. It says, I say unto you, likewise, joy, verse 7, shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. But then it says in verse 10, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. Who's in the presence of the angels? God is. Who's really happy about the salvation of the, the, the saving of that sheep? Who's really uh, happy about the coin, the, the stewardship being, you know, regathered and reinstituted? You know, when Jesus put Israel on the shelf because he came unto his own and his own received him, not, but to as many as received him, he gave right to become the children of God. You and I got the stewardship. You and I got the mandate. We're supposed to be telling people about Jesus, not just with our words. It's got to be us, man. We got to be nice. And it's really hard to be nice when the whole world's turning upside down. All of our comforts are being pulled away. And everything is going back to the basics in a way that's so fast. And, and we're American. And in our DNA, it's our rights that's being assaulted. How hard is this? And yet God says, I'm giving you time. Come on, church. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. It's okay. I want you to be my church. You have a stewardship. You have people that you're responsible for. Go out there. Listen. And be nice. Hard, right? You're being poked. You're American. They're taking your nation right out from under you. Your kids, your grandkids, and all that. No, no. Go higher. Go higher. God's setting things up. The Abrahamic Accord could jump right in there. The Antichrist is going to confirm that covenant, perhaps, with many for one week. It maybe falls to the ground with the rapture. Everybody's trying to get their game on. And for a little while, there's an ebb and flow and chaos. But this Antichrist rises to power and he says, we're going to uphold that that was put into play. Think about it. Confirmed the covenant. Not established one. He confirms one. My point is, is to go higher. What's God doing? He's reaching to the lost. He's not hitting people in California with lightning bolts. He's letting it go on fire so they will weep and look to the heavens because God is merciful, not willing that any should perish. He wants them all to come to repentance. And I was going to dive into that word repentance just to remind you of uh, metanoia changing your mind. The other word is metamelomai, and that's the word we often associate with repentance. That word is used a little bit more in 2 Corinthians than anywhere else, and both words appear there. It means to feel bad. It's only used a handful of times throughout the Scripture, though. It's not the leading thing. You remember the two sons that were told by their father, go work in the field, and the one said, I will, and he did not, and the other said, I will not, and he felt bad about it? That's the word metamelomai. He repented. He felt bad about it and later went. You see, there might be a feeling, but really what there is is a care in that word. That's what it means. He cared about what his dad was feeling. You see, I had this guy I was telling you about that had inherited this bar and told you a little bit about him. And one of the things he said at the end of our day this past week as he said this, he said, we were talking about something that led into this. He said, well, why else would Jesus have died to save us from our sins? I said, say that again. He said, he died to save us from our sins. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, that's, that's right. So this guy's had a little churching. Okay, he's had some upbringing. He's owning a bar now. He's told me before. He says, the devil's not hanging out in the bar. He's already got them. But he's got the bar. So I'm trying to walk him off the ledge. I'm not trying to come at him full frontal on this thing. I'm just saying, hey, so what's he saving us from? Our sins. I said, that means he wants us to live righteously and help others. I said, that's really cool. I'm glad you know that. 
And I just let it go because there's something in there and you just want to draw people along. Do you know when the Bible talks about separating people unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh? And in, in Matthew 18 where it says that two or three, you know, go to them and then, you know, take it before the church and put them out and treat them as a publican and as a sinner. That doesn't mean treat them bad. That means treat them like you love them and you want them to be saved. Okay? I think sometimes we read that and we think, well, we're going to be mean to them. No, 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 no. The discipline has been brought down, but now you just reach out there and say, man, I really wish you'd come to church. I really wish you'd, you know, come and lean in and find out a way through because life is hard and you don't want to mess it up more. And, you know, I'm, I'm praying for you. Just loving people. Just being, what? Nice. Being nice. Nice to people. Not just because you're a nice person. Some of you it comes easy for. I'm talking about being nice for Jesus' sake. A cup of cold water is good to give to somebody, but a cup of cold water given in Jesus' name, that's not going to lose its reward. Well, she called her friends in verse 9, and she said, Come rejoice with me, for I have found the piece of silver that I lost. Again, that would have been destroyed, that would have been rendered fruitless, that would have been marred and would have perished, would have caused ruin, which is some of the words that come from this word. I say to you, beloved, we are living in some crazy times. But God told us it would be like this. There's a song by Julian Lennon, the son of John Lennon. It's a song that's got a chorus that said, Nobody told me there'd be days like these. Strange days indeed. He wrote this years ago. And when it came out, you know, yeah, I already thought it was strange. But this is a whole new level of strange down here. May I say to you, all have sinned. We've gone from a man who had sheep, and we've gone to a woman who lost a coin. She cares about her home. She cares about the house. She cares, and we're supposed to care about the home we're over. This world, this is where we right now reside. We are pilgrim sojourners, but this is where we reside. We are stewards. We are supposed to look well to the ways of our household. We're supposed to be house guardians. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be light. The third parable we'll get to next time. But that parable is going to talk about a father's heart. He's going to bring it in really close to them. And he's going to tell them exactly what the father's feeling. Beloved, I want you to know, Jesus loves the people outside the walls of the church. He even loves the legislators that are just messed up. Gavin Newsom did not get hit by a lightning bolt because God loves him. He's a mess. He's drunk the Kool-Aid of this world. And if he doesn't turn from his sin, he will be lost eternally and have an everlasting destruction. And God cares about that. And you and I need to get way up here in the aerial view and see from God's perspective. That has been called wisdom, to be able to see things from God's perspective. It's not about us being perfect it's about Him being perfect. It's not about us being the perfect poster child. It's about us being vulnerably willing to say, not I, but Christ. We've got to go there. We've got to let them know. We've got to allow ourselves to connect the feelings. Do you know that when that son said, I will go, and he did not, he was the religiously righteous, self-righteous guy. He would not go. And the connective is the one that said, I will not, and then felt bad. There is a heart in there. You remember the Grinch? Nobody thought there was a heart, and there was. That was me. That was some of you. You blew through all of the barriers. You did that. I did that. And Jesus came and found us. 
Whether we were in a thicket with thorns in our wool, whether we were a people who were underneath a couch in the dust, He found us. And He rejoiced when we looked to Him. And I want you to know there's that song that's out there, you've heard it perhaps, when God ran. He runs to us. Do you know who He is? Do you know how much He loves? Do you know how much He cares? Do you know how much He wants to be with you and rejoice over you? There's passages in the Old Testament that says at night when you're sleeping, He sings over you. That's why you can't sleep. You're hearing Him. (laughs) He loves you. He's for you. You're dead to sin. You're freed from sin. Now, rise up, church, and be His. Let your mind be changed. Let go of this nonsense. Enjoy the simple. Enjoy the basic. Enjoy the everyday joys He has blessed you with. Yes, hate your life. That's what you do because then when you do that, you will love those around you. You know, I'm on borrowed time every single day since Jesus saved me. It's borrowed time. I should have died. And you should have died too. We need to go to Him. We need to fall in love with Him. We need to serve Him. And when we serve Him, people will be saved. It's not about the church creating a program as an organization. This is an organism. You're of the body of Christ. When we go from here, the mission work begins. Be a blessing. Reach to the lost. Get a bat coin. Do whatever you got to do. Get some tracks. Tell somebody, make up your mind, a day will not go by me that I'm going out into my world, that I won't take a tract and try to get it to somebody. Start ordering yourselves as God would have you do. And people will hear Him. Because right now, this world has no answers. They see this this storm cloud on the horizon. And they are looking for answers. And we have them. Jesus is coming. We've been preaching Him forever. And here it is, 2020. Won't be long now. Would you bow with me for a moment? Well, that concludes this week's series of messages. This has been a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Ontario, Ohio. And I'm Pastor Dave Davenport. We so appreciate sharing with you these daily broadcasts. And I hope you can join us again next week. But Sunday is coming. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Our services begin at 10.30. And we hope you'll consider dropping by this Lord's Day in person as we go to the Word.